Therefore, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith during your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'd like to come by and record a story about St. John's. The producer from WHSV had called the church, and when I heard his request through the phone, I was both nervous and excited. A story about St. John's on television. But then I realized I needed to ask a question. About what exactly? You see, we do a fair amount for our local community here in Stanton, but I had a feeling that this request was for something else. And in the pit of my stomach, I was worried he wanted to do a story about the controversy series that we recently finished. After two months of standing in this pulpit and belaboring different points of friction, I was looking forward to leaving those controversies aside for a little while. And frankly, I did not want to speak on behalf of the whole church where we are clearly divided over a number of issues. But then he said, I saw on your website that your church is hosting a communion service on election day. And I thought that was something more people should know about. He arrived about 30 minutes later with a bag full of camera equipment and a spiral-bound notebook full of questions. He set everything up in my office and ran a microphone cable under the desk and into my lap to pick up all the dialogue. We tested for the light and the volume levels. He made sure that I was perfectly in the frame with all my really good theology right behind my head to make me look smarter than I am. And we went over the specifics about not looking into the camera, but looking at him when I answered the questions. And then he pressed the record button. Tell me a little about the church. Well, I began not to boast. But this is the best church in the entire Shenandoah Valley. We've got a preschool that has been in existence for almost 30 years and has the greatest reputation for its education. The children are nurtured by beloved teachers. They receive necessary information to excel when they leave for kindergarten, and we strive to teach them about the virtues of grace and love and mercy. We have a solid youth group that meets on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. for communion, discipleship formation, and Bible study. The group contains some of the best and brightest kids from Stan, and they regularly out-disciple me, their pastor. They have a hunger for the word of the Lord and are willing to vulnerably encounter one another in questions about their faith. To be honest, they give me hope for the future of the church because they believe in what we are doing more than most of the adults do. We have a lectionary Bible study of which more than half of our attendees are not members of our church. Every week, we gather in the room right next to this one to read four separate scripture texts and prayerfully discern what God is saying to us through them. They bring their experience and love of the Bible to that group, and all of us have grown in our faith because of that Bible study. On Sunday mornings, we have some of the best worship that a church in Stanton can offer. Our order of worship is Streamlined for maximum impact, our hymns directly relate to the greater theme and narrative of our worship. Most of the time, the sermons aren't half bad. And we've got an organist who can really make our organ move and groove. 
The kind of hospitality that our church members extend to strangers and longtime members is worthy of imitation by all churches, and they are the reason people come back week after week. On any given week, our building is used by a number of local civic organizations, including the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and the Cub Scouts. We have a quilt for a cause team that regularly works on quilts that are given to children in need. We've got a group of volunteers called the cheer team who take the time to visit those who are lonely or afraid in the community. We've got others who go to Trinity Soup Kitchen to cook and serve food to the homeless. We send a mission team of youth every summer to help different communities. We've got just a little bit, he said. Now, tell me about this Election Day communion service you've got. Are you sure you don't want to know more about St. John's? Honestly, I could really go on. I was only getting started. No, he said, let's try to stay on task. So for the next 45 minutes, he recorded, as we went back and forth about the current state of politics in our country, we waxed lyrical about pamphlets that we receive here at the church telling us who we should vote for as Christians. We explored the theological implications of a communion service in the midst of such political division, and we even discussed the practical matters of how much bread to buy and how many people we should expect to attend on November 8th. All in all, we examined just about every aspect of the Election Day communion service. And when we had gone through his entire spiral-bound notebook of questions, we shook hands and he left to get some exterior shots of the building. The last thing he said to me was, It should be on the evening news in the next day or two. And we don't have cable at the Parsonage, but you better believe I kept clicking on the WHSV website for the story about our church for the next two days. And with every click of the mouse, I dreamt about how many people would see the wonderful descriptions of the church. I imagined how many people would hear all the things I boasted about. And frankly, I began picturing how all of these pews would be filled to the brim for this service. Two days later, the story finally broke in the news cycle. The opening shot was an image of our altar, this one right back here. And as the news anchor began introducing the story, my teeth chattered with excitement. He said, St. John's Pastor Taylor Mertens has this to say on the subject. And then the shot cuts to me in my office with Star Wars figurines behind my head. (laughs) Here was the big moment. And then I watched myself say, we are going to pray for our political leaders, whether it's the person we voted for or not. That is the most Christian thing we can do. And that was it. (laughs) Ten seconds. The vast majority of our conversation was left on the cutting room floor, and 45 minutes of bragging was reduced to a 10-second soundbite. I was pretty mad. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I am grateful that WHSV came to do a story about our Election Day communion service. It will be a profound moment of unity in the midst of chaos and division. I only wish that everyone watching got to hear and experience all the things that make our church what it is. But then I reread the scripture that Alan read for us this morning. 2 Thessalonians. It's one of the earliest Christian documents that the church has. 
It is the second letter written by Paul to a church in a place called Thessalonica. And apparently, the Thessalonians have got their act together. Not only does Paul mention the fact that he gives thanks and praise for their community, but Paul also boasts about their church to all of the other churches. They are like a city on a hill to which all other churches should look up. They are the standard by which other churches should measure themselves. They are worth bragging about. But why does Paul choose to brag about them? Was it the number of people they had in their pews on Sunday morning? Perhaps they had a remarkable preschool that was helping to shape the future. Maybe they had a youth group that met once a week for communion, fellowship, and Bible study. Or perhaps they had streamlined their worship services to connect all the hymns with Scripture and the sermon and the offering and the prayers. No. Paul boasted about the Thessalonians because they remained steadfast in their faith in the midst of persecution and affliction. Paul boasted about their church because they grasped and lived into the mission of the church to grow in love of God and neighbor. We, the church, are a different people. We are an alternative form of community. Rather than being labeled and defined by the marks of culture that surrounds us, things like consumption and power and greed and politics and nationalities and sexual identities and economics, we instead are like strangers living in a strange land. What we value and desire is not what the world values and desires. What we proclaim and believe is not what the world proclaims and believes. What we worship and affirm is not what the world worships and affirms. We are different. Though the world may change, though new presidents may reside in the Oval Office, though new pastors may be sent to different churches, we grow in love of God and love of neighbor. That is our mission. And if anyone can say that we love God and others, if that's what they boast about, well, that's good enough. So perhaps the 10-second soundbite about the Election Day communion service is precisely what the community should know about our church. They don't need to know about our different activities and ministerial programs. They don't need to know about the specifics of our Sunday liturgy. They don't need to know that we served thousands of pieces of candy to children. They don't need to hear a 45-minute speech about all the best things we've got going on at St. John's. All they need to know is that we are growing in love of God and neighbor. That we are growing in love of God and neighbor by putting aside things like our political differences and joining together to feast at God's table. And instead of being captivated by the world as the results pour in on November 8th, we will be here loving one another and loving God. Therefore, maybe it is our sense of challenge, our willingness to return to a place like this Sunday after Sunday that really connects us with the church that Paul wrote to in 2 Thessalonians so long ago. For they suffered under persecution and affliction and were able to keep the faith. We wrestle with competing narratives that vie for our allegiance, and we keep the faith. Rather than falling prey to the whims of the world, instead of being consumed by the popularity of politics, we remember that we are God's people. 
This land is going through a time of great division and schism. But because of God's grace, we have not lost sight of who we are and whose we are. And it is to this end we pray, asking that God will continue to make us worthy of the call and that God will fulfill his power, every good resolve and work of faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in us and us in him. The mission of the church, the mission of all of us as Christians is to love God and to love others. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.